listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. Now here's your host, the Sly Dog. Hello and welcome to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and today joining me from the Pods and Sods Network, Mr. Eric Miller. How you doing, man? Doing well, Alex. Thanks for having me on. It's nice to be on your show. You've been uh, you've been gracious to be on mine several times, and I'm honored to uh, make an appearance on your show, Sly Dog. Cool. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was always fun, and I thought you'd be the perfect one to have on to talk about Survivor. Uh, we're going to kind of do an album by album today. Uh, you excited to talk about some Survivor? Absolutely, always. They're one of my favorite bands, um, you know. And I'm, I'm I'm interested in your thoughts about you know various records and their art and you know your your preferences and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for indulging my Survivor uh, nerddom. Awesome. And for those who don't know, Eric uh, has a few great episodes about Survivor in the Pods and Sots feed with uh, Dave Bickler and, not Jimmy Jameson, Jim P- Peterick, I almost said Jimmy Jameson. And uh, there's a kind of memoriam for Jimmy Jameson episode that's really good as well. So I recommend you guys go check those out after this episode. But uh, Thank you. let's get started. Uh, well, how did you come to get into Survivor? Like I could tell like from listening to the podcast, you're really into them. So where did it start for you? Yeah, it's fun. I, you know, I'm, I don't get asked that question that much. I ask that question all the time. So it's <laughs> fun to, to answer for once. Uh, I, well, I was 11 when uh, I the Tiger came out, and that was a number one hit for, you know, I, it was like 20 weeks or something. It was 12 weeks or something. It was insane. Um, and I remember as a kid, you know, how how huge that was. It was like, you know, it just was the coolest song ever right and of course it was uh rocky three and that was you know white hot movie especially for you know a kid of my age at that time and you know i i I wasn't quite ready to buy records yet at that age i was still kind of listening to my parents music and things like that right Mm -hmm. um i remember you know then we got mtv and they they had the caught in the game record i remember seeing that video and loving that as well and then it was probably around vital signs where i started to buy my own music right and Vital Signs was one of the first, uh, it was in the first three albums I bought. It was, I can't remember what was exactly the first one, but I remember I bought Round and Round by Rat, or Out of the Cellar, Rat by Rat. Uh, Weird Al's in 3D and Survival's Vital Signs. Like, we're all kind of in that same, um, just discovering my own music, right? Sort of breaking out of my parents. And Survival Vital Signs have had on cassette. And, you know, I just wore that out, you know, um, and ever since then, you know, or since that point in time, I, I bought them when they, upon release, right? So I bought one Seconds Count, when they came out, Two Lots of Sleep, et cetera. So, um, yeah, it was really vital signs where I was, you know, had the wherewithal to be all in on my own, right? So that's kind of my, my history with Survivor. And I saw them on the Wednesday Seconds Count tour, which is incredible. Oh, wow. We'll probably talk that. Um, so, yeah, that's my, uh, that's my discovery of them. Nice, nice. That's really cool. It's kind of cool that you started kind of more as an observer for two records and then kind of jumped in full force at Vital Signs. That's really cool. Yeah. So my discovery kind of comes a little later. Uh, I talk a lot about on your show about bands my dad got me into, but this actually wasn't one of them. Um, For years, the only song I knew was Eye of the Tiger. You know, you hear it in movies and see it in commercials. Like there was that Starbucks commercial, Glenn, 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 Glenn. Yeah. Like, I, I remember that, but uh, it, for, I think the year was 2017. Like 
I was out and about somewhere and I heard Eye of the Tiger. And for the first time, instead of just it being that, you know, there's that Eye of the Tiger song again, it, I kind of listened to it like a little closer and it struck me like what a good song it was. And actually like, it's like, like, wow, they sound like a really good eighties melodic rock band. You know, I love kind of that, you know, bands like REO, Styx, Loverboy, that AOR sound. I was like, I, I need to find out more, more about these guys because like they it seems like they're almost like this lost band kind of in that little group group. Like what, what is like, what is, there's gotta be more to this eye of the tiger band. So I hopped, I hopped on Amazon and I bought the eye of the tiger CD and uh, I was blown away by that. Like it, it was like hearing like this, like kind of like lost treasure that like I hadn't found yet. I really loved Dave's <laughs> voice. And uh, then I got caught in the game. And then I was like, then I was all in because caught in the game, spoiler alert, that's probably my favorite, survivor album um just yeah man dave's voice on there uh it's catchy it's melodic it's great guitars and i like i like a little bit of synth in the music too that's cool and then i kind of slowly moved through the discography forwards and backwards this was actually fun because i actually got to listen to a few records by them i hadn't yet like premonition and reach which we'll talk about in a little bit but uh yeah that's kind of where i started and then i've just yeah, I've just been lo living with this music for a few years now, and I really dig the band. I think they're great, and I think they're really underrated. And something that seemed surprising to me was, like, I was looking at them, looking into them, and uh, I saw that they actually had a lot more hits than just Eye of the Tiger. Like, it seems like, and that's why I say kind of, like, lost band, because, you know, The Search is Over was a big hit, it looks like, and so was Man Against the World and Burning Heart, and uh, what was the other song on Vital Signs that was a hit? Was it High on You? Yeah, High on You, Can't Hold Back, those are both yeah. pretty top 20 hits, yeah, both of those yeah. are. And you you never hear those, you hear Eye of the Tiger, and that's kind of it at this this point, which is kind of sad, because I feel like there's a lot more good stuff there to be found. So, yeah, they're kind of a great band, preserved in time, and now, they're still going to the, today, it seems like, but it seems like they've kind of slowed down a bit, like, they don't play as many shows, and I think Frankie is the last... Uh, Guitar, like the guitarist, I think he's the last original member left in the band at this point. Yeah, they had a lot of lineup issues, and we can get about, we can talk about that as we go. Yeah. And that's, that's hurt their, I think it's hurt their legacy in a big way. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, let's get started. For starters, Survivor formed in 1978 in Chicago by Frankie Sullivan and Jim Peterick. Jim Peterick of... Ides of March, I'll drop a little bit of vehicle in here. Hey, well, I'm a friendly stranger in the black sedan. I want you hop inside my car. I got pictures, got candy, I'm a lovable man, and I can take you to the nearest star. I'm your vehicle, baby Jim Peterick band, uh, they kind of came together and formed Survivor, and they got Dave Vickler on vocals. They got, hang on, got to pull through my notes. Dave Vickler on vocals, uh, Dennis Keith Johnson on bass, and Gary Smith on drums. And the first album is the self-titled Survivor album that came out in 1979. 
Before I tell you that, uh, do you have a pick from this one that I can drop in here for a little clip of? actually prepping for the episode so uh, i didn't know what to expect kind of going into this one i thought it was interesting i thought it was cool to see it was produced by ron nevison you know he did zeppelin and ufo and he would go on to do heart and ozzy 
all those great records. Uh, this one is... There's some good stuff on here. I like Somewhere in America. I like Can't Get You Off My Mind. And I think Youngblood is a lot of fun. It's a straight-ahead rocker, kind of like Journey or Foreigner. Um, and I love the epic feel of Nothing Can Shake Me. But uh, I feel yeah. like it's a little fillery, honestly. Like, some of the lyrics are kind of... I don't want to say juvenile, but they're just not as up to par, in my opinion. Uh, but, yeah, I, I've tried listening to this one a few times, but I don't think it's bad. I think it sounds good. Like, the record actually really sounds good, in my opinion. It's well-produced, and, you know, this is kind of like them fighting their feet. So, not a bad album, but not my favorite by them either. But there's some good stuff on here. And, uh, like you said, Rebel Girl, which was a, bo a bonus track on the Rock Candy Ratio, that's a really good song, and you should people should dig that up. I think that's going to be my pick here. Out on the edge of night In any city you can name There rides the rebel girl from the first album uh there was a song demoed for that album called rockin into the night but uh ron nevison decided ah, it's too southern let's let's give it to this other band 38 special and they had a hit with it <laughs> and then it kind of became a thing that jim peterick would like write like three or four songs on each 38 special album i noticed like going forward after that like i did some digging into my 38 special collection and found that as far like going as far forward as 2006, he's still writing songs with 38 Special. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, he's done a lot of writing. And that song, it's funny you bring that up. I, I've i seen Survivor a few times in various incarnations. And one of the ones I saw was, uh, it was Frankie. Mm. And it, was, it wasn't it was Dave or uh, Jimmy. It was Robin McCauley. Okay. The McCauley Shanker group. And, uh, and they did that 38 Special song. Which I thought was super cool. Huh. I'd like to hear yeah. that. I'd like. I'd really like to hear that. I wonder if their version is circulating anywhere because that that would be cool to hear. Yeah, that would definitely be cool to hear. Um, but yeah, uh, we move ahead two years to 1981, uh, released in August 81 in the U.S. and February 82 elsewhere. We got Premonition.
Think of Survivor's second record there, Eric. I, you know, I don't have a whole lot to say that's different than the first one. To be honest with you, I yeah. think, and I think they're finding their footing. Like the lineup has changed now, so we have, yeah. you know, the what I consider to be the classic lineup, right? So we got uh, Stephen Ellis on bass and uh, Mark uh, Drubray, yeah. Dubray, I can remember. Um, on drums, and he would be with them longer. Stephen has since passed away recently, but uh, uh, Mark would be their drummer off and on for from this point forward, right? Um, maybe even currently, I think. Uh, so this is kind of the the real formation of Survivor, as the way I see it, right? But the way we were talking about the first record, you know, them finding their footing, like this is them tightening their songwriting a bit, and now they have a lineup locked in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, there's great songs on here. Poor Man's Son, you know, it was a standout, obviously. Uh, Take You on a Saturday uh, night is, is super hooky. Um, you know, it's a solid one. Again, I have no fault with it, just not one that's ever really fully grabbed uh, my heart. Yeah, I get that. This one, uh, I thought this was a big step forward in terms of songwriting. I thought this really kicked things up a notch. It kicks off strong with Chevy Knights. I think that's going to be my mm-hmm. pick. And then, uh, it commits a mild sin in that I don't like when the second track on an album is a ballad, but it is a bit harder rocking, so it's kind of forgivable. Poor Man's Son is a great song. And uh, I really like Light of a Thousand Smiles. Like, I was definitely the kid they talked about in the song, sitting in class, dreaming about being on stage, singing, so I thought that was kind of a little nice surprise to find that one. For a second, because I think he's a really good vocalist. Um, I think both Bickler and uh, Jameson are great vocalists. And uh, the man, he can those those high notes, man, they're insane. Like he's, I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. Like 
Jimmy Jameson is incredible and awesome, and I'll get into why later on. But man, Dave Bickler is awesome too. Like he can hit some really crazy Steve Perry esque notes, and I love that. Yeah, and it's uh, he's got a real unique character to his voice too, right? Like you can, you know, you can tell it's him. You know what I mean? Like he, uh, I don't even remember those Real Men of Genius commercials. He sang a few of those. <laughs> that was um, him. Yeah, I, you know, I don't. I'm not sure if he sang all of them. I know he sang some of them, right? Um, and I, uh, I remember hearing it and thinking, like, I, th- I think I know that voice. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, he's he's got uh, he's got a great voice, like you said, and he's got a new record that uh, warrants uh, checking out because you know he's still, you know, he's still writing and recording cool songs. Uh, the other thing about him too, like you mentioned, uh, he's got a great voice. But the lineup wise, I think on the first record. Uh, Jim played guitar and Dave played keyboards, right? Yep. Um, it wasn't it wasn't until Premonition here where you know they all kind of find their spots, if you will. You know. Yeah, I kind of it seems like Jimmy's kind of more like he's a backup, like rhythm guitarist, and Frankie's definitely the lead guy. Like I of think uh, I sometimes think Jim's main axis is keyboards <laughs> in this band. Yeah, well, if you see him, he does a lot of solo shows and stuff, and he plays guitar a lot, like uh, Vehicle he plays. You know, he's usually, on his solo shows, he does, I can't remember what he calls them, has a name, but uh, they're the, recurring shows. The World Stage Shows? That's it, that's it. Um, yeah, he's often out front with his, with his guitar. Huh, okay. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, uh, he put out a great record last year too, Jim Peterick's World Stage, where he's got a bunch of different vocalists doing stuff to, with them, or singing duets, or letting them sing alone. It's a great record, worth checking out. Uh, but yeah, up next we move to uh, the record that kind of broke the band, released on June eighth, nineteen eighty two. It's Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> Um, his vocal on it is really good. Um, 
really good to the point where there's even a version that Tommy Shaw did on a solo record. Uh, it's called Ambition. But I, he, and Tommy Shaw's one of my favorite guys ever, but I still prefer the driver version. So um, that's really good. Hesitation Dance is good. Um, is the one that really matters? Is the second this one? Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome song. Um, American Heartbeat is like the most soundtrack sounding song that's never been used on a soundtrack, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Every time I hear that, I'm like, this sounds like, a, you know, um, one of those 80s, uh, you know, the, the movie with the gymnast or whatever, right? It sounds like it should be a sports themed 80s movie, but yeah, Eye of the Tiger is, is absolutely awesome. And it's, it's kind of a shame in a way because that song is so huge, right? And like you were saying, just that song overshines their, their whole uh, catalog, obviously, because it's yeah. massive, right? But, you know, on this record, it, it, there's, if you think this record is just that song, you are missing out, right? Because there's so much other good stuff on there, you know? And this is when I think they really congeal as a band. Agreed. Like, this is kind of like, to me, their equivalent of, like, the Grand Illusion in that everything kind of came together and we they figured out, like, what the sound is going to be and what Survivor is. And, uh, yeah, this is the first record I got, and I just loved it to pieces. I, I still play this one a lot. It's one of the first ones I reach for, actually, when I want to hear Survivor. Uh, yeah, you hit on a, a lot of my favorites. Ever Since the World Began has some incredible vocal from Dave Bickler. It just blow, blows me away. Like like you said, that, that Tommy Shaw one doesn't even come close. And it, it, it's not bad. His is not bad either, but... Man, like the feel in this one, like it really hits you. You can feel it in your soul. me of journey in places the way it's mixed it's it's a very punchy album um and it's really a shame like you said it's this album isn't t more talked about outside of like eye of the tiger because there is so much stellar stuff here and i also wanted to shout out uh frankie solo at the end of silver girl man oh, that is just yeah killer like he is an underrated guitarist if there ever was one no doubt you know uh, it feels like one of those songs i've said it on several of my shows uh you know, like 80s radio has like whatever 200 songs that they play nonstop, right? Yeah, feels like Love was a single, feels like Love was a minor hit, right? Um, 
you know, let's throw that back in the mix. You know, for every, uh, you know, always something there to remind me, you play, you know, drop that off a few times. We don't need to hear, uh, you know, whatever. Um, uh, uh, simple Minds one more time. Throw in some feels like love, right? It needs some love, you know what I'm saying? And it, Yeah, I agree. And, and it feels like a hit, too. It feels like when that song starts, like, I always feel like, oh, I, I, I know this, but then it, it becomes like, oh, it's Survivor. Like there's something about it. It makes me feel like I maybe I heard it before growing up somewhere. I don't know, but there's a pleasant yeah. familiarity to it when when that riff starts at the beginning with that keyboard and everything. So yeah, definitely, definitely recommend this one. One of the best. Uh, yeah, we move on to uh, 1983's "Caught in the Game." <laughs> episode with Jim Peterick where he mentioned even like uh, Dave had some vocal troubles recording this one. Do you want to talk about this one for a second? Well, um, I mean, just business-wise, like, you know, I just thought it was so massive. I have to imagine they felt pressure to, to match that, right? Yeah. Um, when that's definitely not easy. And yeah, if Dave, I, I'm not sure that he had issues he had vocal polyps or whatever, right? When you have those uh, gloves on your vocal cords or whatever. Um, I remember nodules, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he had surgery and had him removed and had a recovery time. And I don't think it was around recording. I think it was around touring for this record more so, right? Like they had a tour booked and he needed time off and they couldn't wait kind of thing, right? Oh, if wow. I remember correctly. I think I think that's what it was. It was, yeah. It might not have been specifically the tour, but they were like, you know, hey, we gotta we gotta keep moving, and, and he needed uh, time to convalesce, right? Um, and that's when they diverged. That's that's the story that they tell anyway, right? Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know that it impacted the record itself, but probably the promotion of the record, right? If they can't tour, yeah. then. They're not out there selling moving units, as they say, right? Uh, but I, you know, in terms of the work, I think it's a, I think it's a solid follow up. Um, I don't think it's as track for track strong as I the Tiger. You're cringing right now because you already said it was your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
But there's not a band stolen here. I wouldn't. There's not. There's. There's nothing on there that I would say it doesn't fit or is enough to par or whatever. Right? Like, obviously the title track is incredible, and you know I always love like vocal um, arrangements where it's you know they do like the like Bickford does the caught in the game, and then there's the background vocals caught in the game, and then he goes again. Like they just like how they interact, like lead vocal, background vocal, back to lead vocal, right? I think that's just ingenious and hooky, you know, and Quantum Game has one of the best riffs in history, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and there's others, you know, Jackie, 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 no, Jackie, don't, don't go. go. That song's cool, <laughs> right? Um, it doesn't have to be this way. That's a good one. Um uh, I recently did a six pack in my episode, and, and someone picked this Santa Ana Winds oh, song, yeah. which is yeah, that's like that's like their hotel California, right? It's like this big sweeping epic, right? specifically that made me like maybe this one hit me at the right time because i was kind of getting into them but 
there's something about this one. Everything feels like like all the dials were just turned just right. Like song for song, caught in the game. Like you said, that riff, just bam. Jackie Don't Go, bam. I Never Stop Loving You. Incredible ballad. It Doesn't Have to Be This Way is a great song. Half-Life has a nice balance of like keys and guitar. And just closing with that epic Santa Ana wind, it just sounds like a band on fire. I love this record. Um, and I do think... I was listening to it today a little closer. I do think maybe Dave is not quite hitting as high notes as he had on the previous record, but man, mm-hmm. it, he's still giving it his all. Like even like some, a song that like slender is probably my least favorite song on the album, but man, that's still a great song. Like I still really like that one. So for me, like just song for song, like everything sticks with me on this record. So that's why it's my favorite. Uh, at least it's my favorite of the Dave Bickler stuff. Uh, I was thinking that maybe I should also give a nod to a Jimmy Jameson album, which I'm going to do later on. But of the of the Dave Bickler records, I think this one is my favorite as of now. And yeah, like you said, Santa Ana Wins is just a brilliant, epic song. Like that kind of like, I remember hearing that for the first time and just being like, okay, I got to play that again a few times. Because like, I, I love the build in that song. Like it starts like gentle with that piano and then it's, just full band awesomeness. So, yeah, this is a good, really good record. Highly recommended. Go check this one out. But like you said, uh, Dave had some vocal issues. He had vocal polyps, which can kind of throw things into question. And this album didn't do as well, unfortunately. And I feel like that's kind of sad because this is them, like, you know, kind of, in my mind, doubling down on the stuff on Eye of the Tiger. Like, everything is a little more refined and tight. So, yeah, that's why I would pick this one as my favorite. But up next, we get to where it all started for you, uh, Vital Signs. about this one jimmy jameson is in dave bickler's out yeah um well you know what like i i look i look at the track listing right a camelback high on the first night searches over broken promises that's five songs on the first side and they're all sequenced perfectly like the first two are just straight in your face like pop rock monster hits right 
And then first night has this nice, um, super high energy, right? Search yep. Zoher, Monster Ballads, fourth track, and then Broken Promises, you know, a bit more uh, aggressive or whatever, right? That's like a killer first side, right? You know, you couldn't script a better album side than that, right? right. And then the second side, Popular Girl, Everlasting, it's a singer, not the song. I see when everyone that, you know, ends on this big sweeping as well. Sax the solo in that last song and everything. Um, it's just so good, man. There's not there's not a weak moment on this. And I I remember as a kid, like when I you know when I had it, one of the first things when I had the revelation of like, hey, this is a different singer than you know I the Tiger, right? And then I remember like looking at it's funny they have a song called "It's a Singer Not the Song" when they have a new singer singing <laughs> this song. Right? That's it's a bit meta, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I almost don't even know where to start, uh, you know, on these songs. Like, you know, just everyone is so good. And it has, you know, it also has to do with, like, there's this nostalgic thing, right? And, you know, I I can't say how much I love the fact that you get into this older music, right, that, that predates you or whatever, yeah. right? But then there's this thing that, you know, I don't want to say I'm, I'm sad that you miss out on it in a way, but, like, you know, when I was 13, 14, 15, and I was like, you know, a young romantic boy, like trying to write my own stupid poetry, right? <laughs> and you know, I, I crushed on the girl in school, and I would plan my, you know, walks in the hallway so I would pass her, right? And she looked at me today, right? And all that stuff. Yeah. You know all that stuff. Oh, right? yeah. I know that feeling. For me, we all know that stuff, right? And But I feel blessed that for me, the soundtrack to that was like Vital Signs and When Seconds Count, right? Like yeah. for me... That forms my, you know, my romantic side, right? Like, it, you know, it, <laughs> Craig and I have talked about it. My Craig, my book co-host, and Bob Like, if I had just been left alone to uh, kiss his animal eyes, who knows how it turned out, right? <laughs> Luckily, I have vital signs to uh, course correct me and balance me out and hopefully make <laughs> me an emotionally intelligent uh, man, so... Can I convince you what you see is real? Who am I to blame you for doubting what you feel? I was always reaching, you were just a girl. I knew I took for granted the friend I have in. I was living for a dream, loving for a moment, taking on the world, that was just my style, now I look into you. <laughs> you wrote me a poem. It was very strange. It said something about logs and fireplaces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, man. yeah. It was uh, the first night uh, sort of balanced out. Uh, you know, burn, bitch, burn, or whatever. Yeah. First you night know, searches so. over. Bal- balance out that and murder <laughs> in high heels. <laughs> right. Uh, 
Yeah. And I got to say, like you said, like about me getting into the older music, to me, good music just stands the test of time. And uh, this album definitely does. Um, you can tell it's from the 80s. I mean, I'm sure some people would argue it's, it's like the keys make it dated, but I disagree. Like we all, like the, every era has its kind of sound. And uh, that was kind of a thing at the time. But this one's a little more a AOR than the previous two. Like it feels a little more, I don't want to say mellower, but it's not as like driving and straight ahead as like a caught in the game or an eye of the tiger. It still rocks, but it is a little mellower. But even with the different tone, like you said, that first side hits hard. I can't hold back high on you first night. Damn. And then you, like you said, the, I love this. It's the singer, not the song, because I agree with that sentiment. Like, you know, being a singer myself, like you got to be able to bring the song to life. It doesn't really matter. Like what the song is, if you can't deliver it, then it doesn't matter. And it is, like you said, interesting that they would cho choose to write that song around the time, you know, they're bringing Jimmy into yeah. the band. <laughs> and I wanted to talk about him for a second, just his voice, because I think it's incredible. And I gained a bit of a new appreciation for his voice preparing for this episode, actually. Like, it's so big and powerful. Like, like I went to college like to study voice. And uh, one thing I know is like how voices kind of resonate, like, when your voice is higher, it tends to resonate more in your face and less in your chest. Um, but man, like when he sings like full voiced, like in a song, like, uh, I don't know why I'm skipping to the next record, but man, against the world. Um, it's hard for me to tell like what's his head voice and what's like his full chest voice because they're so well blended and that takes a lot of work to get that, you know, that smooth. So he is a beast of a vocalist, man. Man, it's so sad like he's not here anymore because I did listen to some of his latter stuff, his solo stuff, and he still had a great voice there at the end, I think. Just wow. Too natural, right? Like as as much as what you just said is probably through practice, right? I'm sure he he, he worked to make that happen, but if you're watching him on stage, it just comes off natural. Like it's just it's just who he who he is as a singer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um it, it seemed like he was you know, you know, we live in the generation where, you know, there's all the American idols and the voice and you watch those people and, you know, they've rehearsed and rehearsed those, quote, spontaneous runs and whatnot, right? Right. Um, you, you never get that with a guy like Jimmy Jameson's just authenticity, right? And you know he had to work on his craft. Of course he did, right? He's right. a professional, but, the, you know, he it never came across that way. Um, you know, it, back to the, it's a singer, not the song. You know, I did have I did have Jim Peterick on, and I did have Dave Bickler on, mm -hmm. and I I think I asked one of them, you know, hey, what were you thinking when when you wrote <laughs> that song, or what were you thinking when you heard that song? Like, if you're Dave Bickler and you're out of the band and they got this new solid record and have a hit, and you see this song and they're called "Is the Singer Out the Song," you're probably like, come on, man, <laughs> you know, but you, but you you'd have to feel a bit salty. I may have asked about that or it may have been Jim I remember asking I don't remember how I framed the question but I yeah anyway um, and I agree with what you said about this one I wouldn't say softer I forget the word you said but I, I agree I, the way I think of it is I think on the first four records they may have written more principally on guitar and then it feels like on vital signs maybe they started to write more on Jim maybe wrote more on piano, right? Yeah. Um, that's 
I could be way off on that, but that's just what it feels like. But yeah, I agree with your sentiments on the, describing the, the shift in the sound, not just as much as the voice, but you know, they, they got what you said, right? I agree with what you said. Yeah. But definitely a great record and worth checking out if you're enjoying, you know, the talk we're having. Uh, up next, we're moving to uh, two years in the future, 1986, October 9th, 1986. We got When Seconds Count. You're still young, still so sure, so determined you can record that came out when you were a fan so i'm sure you were like heavily anticipating this one i was well <laughs> i was and i i bought it on vinyl here's another thing that you probably have never had to endure i bought it on vinyl and i recorded it on cassette so then i could listen to it on my walkman while i was delivering papers right so <laughs> um, yeah that was my uh, one second count and you know each side of the second only did so many minutes right so you had to like time your record I might have to cut a song off or whatever. That was brutal when you had to do that. But uh, yeah, this is one I remember listening to a lot. You know, um, you know, in high school, and you know, production-wise, we you know we mentioned Ron Evanson. He did Vital Signs, and he also did this. Uh, this one feels a little bit more. Uh, the words I'm going to say aren't exactly words I want, but it feels a bit muddier. Or like a bit grayer, or the edges are a bit more sand down than Vital Signs and the stuff before. Uh, you know, like the, it's more flat. I don't know, or there's not there's maybe a compression to it or something. I don't know, but uh, I love the record. I love the song. Um, there's just some really great sentimental love songs in here, right? They have uh, you know, Keep It Right Here. Your sweet love, love that. Um, can't let you go. My heart's been branded. I love that song. Um, In good faith is one of my all-time favorite love songs. It's.
There's a place within my heart Tucked away from all the pain And deep within the secret side of me Just the simple truth remains Words don't come easy Feelings I hide even from myself I'm ready to share Without hesitation I've been saving this moment But someone is saving this moment too Tell me it's you I'll give you everything that I've got Say you'll never turn and run Cause each and every beat of my heart Tells me you're the Dave definitely used his a few times, but yeah, nothing I can think of for Jimmy Jameson was really falsetto-y. Like, it was def there was definitely head resonance, but, you know, it was never full-on, like, you know, like, soulful falsetto type thing. Like, the, the high note in Santa Ana Wind, there's a lot of falsetto in that high note. But, uh, yeah, in a song like Man Against the World, like, that's a definitely, like, a blend. And, yeah, this record, this is probably my favorite one with Jimmy, honestly. Um, I really like this one, but I agree with a lot of what you said about the production. It's kind of murky in a way, like the keyboards are kind of like neck and neck with the guitar a lot of the time. Um, it's a lot more, uh, AOR and polished, but the songs are there in my opinion. The songs are there. Like you've got man against the world. You've got, is this love? How much love? When seconds count. I love when seconds count a lot. That's one of my favorites. And, uh, my favorite song on the album is rebel son. Uh, it's just a yeah. big sweeping survivor song song and Jimmy's just singing his ass off on that one. I love this one. Uh, a little more uh, keyboard from Jim Peterick this time, a little less guitar, but uh, still a great record. And uh, what was that? I had another note here. I uh, love the big keys on Backstreet Love Affair. That's a great song. Uh, yeah, but this would be the uh, 
last record for this lineup actually like this was uh kind of the beginning of the end in a way but before we do get into that uh burning heart came out around this time too and that's another great song i think it's on the rock candy reissue of this so to me it almost feels like part of the album even though it's not properly but yeah i, I love that song too unfortunate and like you said like i i I, it's kind of surprising for me to hear you say that about man against the world because i thought that was one of the bigger songs i thought that was a wasn't that on the rocky Mm -hmm. four soundtrack too no 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 uh no maybe that was um maybe it's just a youtube video someone did maybe interesting i mean i could be no i don't think so i would i would bet money that it's not on there but you know um yeah, I think it's on there. Pretty sure it's not on there. Um, because the video was like uh, it's black and white. Yeah. It's like a beach. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, and there, I don't think there was a video for How Much Love. Uh, there's this really funny clip if you're a Survivor fan of, of In Good Faith. So we're talking about the production, right? And there, yeah. you know, they're, they're one of the things about uh, Survivor, I think, 
I could be making this up, is the creative relationship between Frankie and Jim Peterick, right? So they were co-writers. Um, and obviously they had peaks and valleys, right? So I imagine there's points in time where they might have, you know, they might have each been struggling to be more in focus on something like one second count, which when you said they're both at the same level, maybe that's part of the, the backstory as to why, right? Maybe they're, you know, maybe there's internal reasons why that was, right? Production wise. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, shoot, never mind. Uh, talk about the tour a little bit. You saw this tour. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw them on the One Second Count tour in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. I want to say it was 1987. Um, it was in the round, which is always a cool thing. And, and it's not a huge theater. It probably holds, uh, held, it's long gone, probably held, you know, 800 people or something like that. Maybe. Oh, wow. Um, maybe or something. It wasn't massive. You know, it wasn't an arena. You know, I don't know that they ever necessarily headlined arenas per se. I think they were generally part of packages and support and theaters and things like that, right? Right. Um, but it was awesome. You know what I mean? Again, I was it was sixteen year old me. I was all in the lyrics. You know, Jimmy Jamison was a rock star. Um, oh, that's what I was. I was talking about the In Good Faith uh, clip. So if you're if you're a Survivor fan, right? There's a there's a clip of In Good Faith, which was a single in Germany only. Yep. Uh, and they went over there and they performed it on a TV show, like uh, one of those um, like top of the pop style shows where they're lip syncing it. And the clip is so odd because like you know the cameras are there and the band is there, and it seems like there's and there's a live audience there, kind of in a restaurant vibe type of setting. And it seems like everyone in the audience is kind of looking away, like they're so disinterested in what's happening on the stage for the whatever reason I <laughs> think yeah, it's so it's so strange but uh, if you're a fan of, of Survivor go check out that In Good Faith Germany clip and the interesting thing about it too which leads into the next record is it's just Frankie Jim and Jimmy there's no Steven and there's no Mark so they must have flown over to Germany just the three of them for whatever reason and just hired two local guys either to do a tour maybe they were doing or just to do that TV appearance. So, um, you know, so they weren't necessarily gone just at the next record. They were gone slightly before the next record. If that's indicative of anything. So yeah, interesting clip for that. Season too. Sorry. Yeah, that's cool. I'm going to have to hunt that down. And I also got a shout out. There's video of this on uh, YouTube as well. I think on the official survivor channel too. them, this lineup performing in Japan, the, uh, I guess you could say the classic lineup uh, doing stuff yeah. like, you know, feels like love and caught in the game. I, I'm guessing it's on the Vital Signs tour. It's really cool and definitely worth yeah. like, seeking out. That that track, the feels like love from that Japan '85 show, was the B side to uh, Burning Heart. By the way, on the single. Oh wow! So there's like good quality versions of that stuff out there. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that shit, that's incredible. Japan '85 Survivor. That's one. That's awesome. Nice. Up next, we got uh, released October 3rd, 1988. In a bit of turmoil, we've got Too Hot to Sleep.
Eric, what do you think of this one? You know, as much as I love the last Flight of Signs and with Second Cow, um, I think this might be my favorite Survivor record. Oh, wow. Um, maybe because it's heavier. Like, there's, you know, I'm, I'm sad that Mark and Steven are gone. I wish it still had been the same lineup, right? But, you know, there's, there's like a, I don't know if it's production, you know, or, or you know, maybe production, they were trying to keep up with the Joneses in ADA, which is a lot of like, you know, quote, hair metal and stuff like that. So maybe they were trying to get a little bit heavier, right? Yeah. Um, but it still has still has all the survivor great clean guitar licks and hooks and you know didn't let know of love. Um, I love the song Burning Bridges, which is the yes. last song, and that's that's just epic to me. And his voice on that is just so incredible. And you know, um, I, I think that's maybe what it is. I think I like his voice. Uh, I like the love songs and stuff, but I think I like when it's a little bit more like a, like. Uh, like a little bit, like a little bit more aggression to it, or something. I don't know how quite to phrase that, but um, yeah, I, I, this might be my favorite Survivor. I get too hot to sleep. Yeah, I like this one too. This was another one I heard for the first time getting ready for this episode. Uh, it's definitely more hard rocking. Uh, it was not as successful as the previous two for some reason. Uh, but it, it kind of—I love the artwork for this one too. By the way, I love the vibe. Like it gives you even like a more harder rocking vibe when you look at the cover. I think, and then you see them kind of on the back, and they're all in like leather jackets and stuff. Uh, yeah, there's some good stuff on here. She's a star, like you said, Burning Bridges. Great drumming on that one, too. Shout out to Mickey Curry on that one. Uh, Tell Me I'm the One. I love that song. Uh, Across the Miles. Um, it's not a bad album to me, but for some reason, uh, it doesn't stick with me as much as the uh, previous releases, and maybe I need to spend some more time with it. But I love the sound of the record. Um, I love like the songs I named. Uh, I think Jimmy singing his ass up off on this one but 
for some reason, like it just is a little bit underneath the previous two, and I'm not sure what why that is, but I'm going to keep spinning this one because I really enjoy it. Some great stuff cool. on this one. Uh, but uh, they sadly broke up after the tour on this album, and uh, then Jimmy, I believe, he recorded his own version of uh, "Ever Since the World Began" for was it? It was another Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone movie, but I don't think it was Rocky. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, you're right. It was a long movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was really cool too. I like that version as well. But we kind of go into like, and I think Eric, you might be able to speak better to this than I, than I can. This kind of era of strangeness for Survivor, where there there's an album of demos that never quite sees its full fruition. There's various lineup changes. There's lawsuits. Like, uh, can yeah. like, can you kind of speak to what happens between like this record and Reach? Yeah, unfortunately, it's that would be a whole uh, long episode in and of itself, and I'm not I'm not an expert on all that. I know it would, you know, any permutation of me and Jim and Frankie that you want to imagine these two against that one, those two against this one, happens at one time or another, right? Um, and and Dave came back, so uh, I'll just hit on a few things. So Jimmy Jameson released a solo album, and if you hadn't heard that, it's from '91, so it's just it's just after Two Hot to Sleep. It's not long thereafter. Um, you know, there, you know, it feels a bit like it's a demo to be completely honest, but um, you know, the production I think is still solid, and the songs are are you know either really great or adequate. Um, but either way, like his voice is incredible. So if you haven't heard that, when love comes down, that's from 91, I would encourage folks to go check it out. It was still one Scotty brothers. Interestingly, hmm. um, he sang, he sang the Baywatch theme in there, which was a monstrous hit around the world. Right. Um, you know, the Baywatch theme. I do not actually. No, oh, it was like the biggest show on the planet for a minute there. I, I've only, um, I've only seen yeah. that movie they did a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, I hope he got a lot of royalties from it because it was ubiquitous. It was a global phenomenon. And he, he yeah, I mean, he belts it out. It's, I'll be there. I'll be ready. Like, it, it's, I'll be ready. That's what he's saying. It's just so good. Um, most, you know, I think folks probably know that. But, um, he, so that was where he was heading. And then, um, the other guys, uh, Frankie and Jim Peterick, uh, reconnected with Dave Bickler around 93. Yep. And Survivor put out a, they were working on demos, but we would not have known that. Again, this is pre internet. So there was no way uh, us in the public would have known that us fans, let's say, right? Um, but there was a Greatest Hits album. And the Greatest Hits album had two new Dave songs on it suddenly out of nowhere, right? Hmm. So um, it had uh, this. Song called You Know Who You Are, which is really great. It's kind of this uh, mid tempo ballad with a bit of kind of acoustic y vibe to it. An interesting percussionist. And it's not a rocker and it's not a ballad per se. It's, uh, it's a unique thing in their catalog, You Know Who You Are. And then a song called Hungry Years, a song called Hungry Years. But yeah, I remember when that came out thinking, like, well, wait, so now Dave is back in the band, right? It, and it, and they kind of continued like that, to be completely honest. You know, they they would tour in different configurations. Um, you know, we'll probably hit on a few other records here, but they, you know, they're 
like I mentioned, Robin McCauley was the singer for, I think, three years or so, something like yeah. that. Um, now it's now it's Frankie, um, I think, owns the name, right? So whenever you see anything that's uh, litigious, you know, from the Survivor camp, it comes from Frankie, right? Like when that um, crazy woman in Kentucky would marry same-sex couples or whatever, and she was using... <laughs> But the eye of the tiger, right? Like the heat, you know, he's the one that tells people to stop using their songs, right? It, it's Frankie kind of, I think, owns the name to some extent, or is at least a litigious half of it. I don't think, um, you know, uh, from my sense of it, I don't think, I don't think there's any chance that Jim and Frankie will ever mend uh, fences. I don't think there's any chance that Dave and Frankie will ever mend senses, right? Um, I think you know, you can read into that if there's a common denominator or not, right? Um, there was a, there was a period there where uh, Jimmy and Dave toured together. Um, yeah. I think it was with Frankie, right? It was Survivor with two singers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Did, did, did you see that? Did you see one of those I've, shows? I've, Have you ever seen them? I've <laughs> sadly never seen them. I'm hoping that you know, like I said, it seems like they tour very limitedly now, but I'm hoping that eventually a California day pops up and I can catch them with this current lineup. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard about that tour and it sounds really cool. Like to have, like it would have been to have both of them on stage doing their own songs. Like that sounds awesome. Uh, and speaking and of, it, oh, sorry. No, so I'm, I'm sorry. And it's a, just on the, the two of them together. Right. Yeah. So I did a Dave Bickler picks the essential survivor, which means he picks 10 survivor songs. Right. And he could have very easily just picked his own songs, but he didn't. He picked Jimmy's songs, um, and his and some of his songs, of course. But you know, he he has the utmost respect for Jimmy Jamison. And when they were touring together, they were there were a bunch of clips of them like interviewing together, and they just seemed like uh, just two good dudes doing their jobs. They respected each other. There was no bad blood. Like just the opposite. They seemed to just be enjoying that. You know. We get to be up here together and sing these songs. This is incredible, right? Um, and it, there are some clips on YouTube, and all that comes across. And it's, you know, I'm sad that I didn't get to see him because they found that it just looks really sweet. You know what I mean? It's just like a celebration. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, that- so, yeah. You they don't tour much now. So Frank, it's essentially Frankie now with, I think it's still Mark on the drums. Um, he has a younger singer who I can never remember his name, Cameron something or other. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't know. It's rough, man, because, like, I want to see those songs live, and I'm sure Survivor fans do. But, um, you know, if it's not Jimmy or, or Dave, you know, or Frankie and Jim, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's getting watered down a bit, unfortunately. You know, yeah. nothing against Frank. Any of those guys are trying to make a living. I totally get it, right? But mm-hmm. you know, I totally admit being a, a fan and being, you know, reluctant to buy a ticket if it's, you know, if it's out of the price range or what. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Totally. Like, there's a something about that classic chemistry, and I totally get that. But there was one show specifically I've heard you talk about on other podcasts. I wanted you to talk a bit about on this one a bit because it just sounds like an incredible billing and evening of music. So Survivor with Kansas and Sticks. Talk a bit about that show because that's the show to me that just has me going, yes, yes, take my money, take my money, I'll go. Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, it was, yeah. 
Well, thanks for remembering that. Yeah, it was, um, for me, that's like a top lineup, right? Like, it was right. Survivor with uh, uh, Jimmy singing. Um, I, it was, I think it was, yeah, it's hard to remember. I think it was Frankie, probably not Jim. Uh, they were the first one. They did maybe 45 minutes or something like that, half hour, 45 minutes. And then I think Kansas, and this uh, Kansas lineup would have been, it's still Steve Walsh. Um, I think they had Robbie at that point on violin, Robbie Steinhardt. Mm. Um, and it would have been around like always never the same era, something like that. Right. Okay. Uh, and then in sticks at that point would have been with Glenn Burnick. So that was like, uh, Lawrence Gowan, Glenn, Tommy J. Y. Uh, Todd oh, really? Right. Oh, I thought this was, Robert I thought it was, I thought it was 97. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, I'm having a hard time remembering the year on that. Huh. I, it was in Maryland, and it was in it was outdoors, and it was raining, but I oh, didn't wow. give a shit because it was awesome. Yeah. I went with my dad and then my uh, then wife and stepmom. It was glorious. <laughs> and I loved every song. I probably was the only dude in the crowd that knew every word to every song. Small three bands that night, right? That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that as a lineup to me just sounds killer. I'd, I'd love to see like a bill like that. And I've seen one of those bands. I've seen Sticks, but I got to check off Kansas and Survivor too. Hopefully, you know, if things die down with COVID, I can go see Kansas with Foreigner and Europe this summer. So, yeah, that'd be cool. cool. All right, but we're moving. Dude, I, love the, I, I can't tell you how much I love that you're getting into Kansas. I can't wait to talk to you about Kansas. Oh yeah, I, I'm. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping you'll have me on for a Kansas six pack or something because that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, I would love it. I would love it. Um, are there other records you want to talk about? I don't want to jump on if you have it. Uh, yeah, I have one left. Uh, April twenty fifth, two thousand six. Uh, Survivor releases "Reach" with Jimmy Jameson on vocals on Frontiers.
much about the creation of this album online? Do you know anything about like kind of what led up to it? Like, was there kind of like a excitement again to record? Because I do know some of the songs on here are, you know, like from the Fire Mix Steel demos, like that song's on here. And there's a song that's co-written by Dave Bickler called One More Chance. Um, but I really enjoy this album, but you talk to me a bit about it. Yeah, I remember when this came out being um, less than impressed, I should say, right? It just feels a bit, uh, it didn't win me over. And I can't put my finger on why. I probably should go listen to it again, to be completely honest. Um, but yeah, it's Jimmy and Frank with Mark on drums, right? Yep. And I think, like, like exactly like you said, some of the songs came from the Fire Makes Steel demos. So there's a version of... On the demos, there's a fire makes deal with Dave singing it, and on the reach, there's a fire makes deal with Jimmy singing it. So that's that's interesting, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a rough time in the music business. Like they're, you know, Survivor in 2006 is not going to get uh, they're not going to get radio airplay. They're not going to get like ink. There's no ink to be had for them, right? So, um, like whoever's going to buy this is going to be, you know, the loyal fans like me or whatever. Yeah. So. You know, it, it probably wasn't destined to be a number one hit or anything like that, but, you know, I think it's probably, it's probably okay. Um, the, the thing I, d I did want to mention is Crossroads Moment, but before we get to that, did you have anything on Reach that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, um, I, I, I enjoy this record a little more than you did, I think. Um, I do think that the middle section of the album is really mellow and like all the Slower songs are kind of bunched together, which is kind of kills the momentum. But there is some stuff on here I like. I like the title track. I like Fire Makes Steel. Um, I like both songs with Frankie Sullivan on vocals, which was interesting. Uh, but those are those are pretty good, nevertheless. And uh, I think the other one is I Don't. Um, I think Talking About Love is a classic Survivor song. output but i do think there's some really good stuff on here and i did really enjoy listening to it like it took me a while to hunt this one down like i will hunt down a physical copy of an album if i really want to hear it and uh this one took some work but i i scored a copy on ebay and it is 
it was well worth it, I think. I enjoyed this one. Um, not perfect, not my favorite, but definitely enjoy it. So, uh, the next... Yeah, yeah sorry. They have, this, they have this thing where if it's, if it's not the three of them, like, it, it kind of misses the mark in a way, right? Like, there's, you know, like, there's something about, you know, when I say the three of them, I, I kind of either mean Jimmy or Dave in a way, right? Right. If it's not... If it's not Frankie and Jim and one of those two, I, I, you know, kind of like the Jimmy records better. But if it's not at least those three, whatever three of those you would prefer, then there's going to be something lacking, right? It needs to be a balance of, of a combination of those two. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, it does. You, you got to have, there's two holy, holy trinities and you've got to have one of the two. Because if not, it oh. kind of skews in the direction of whoever is, like there and like Jim Peterick brings some balance to what Frankie does, just like Frankie brings some balance to what Jim Peterick does. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, having said that, I'm going to completely go against exactly what I just said. Yep. In 2000, in 2008, uh, Jim Peterick and Jimmy Jameson uh, got together and recorded a record called Crossroads Moment. Have you heard that? I have not, but that I'm, I'm interested. Do tell. And that is, they, um, I think Jim talked about on the episode I did with them, not to plug that too much or whatever, but um, it's, if you like Vital Signs, they, they kind of deliberately went into the studio and said, let's make a classic Survivor record, right? And for my money, they hit the bullseye, right? It's, it's a 2008 version, right? So they're older guys, different yeah. sensibilities, times have changed, right? But if you like vital signs, you know, I guarantee you will love Crossroads moment. Like the production is like uh, right, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, the, the songs are tight. Jimmy's voice is incredible. Um, and I, the way the way I like to look at the arc of Survivor, I like to think of that as, um, as a bit of an epilogue in a way, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, off the top of my head, I don't know what year Jimmy passed away, but uh, you know, it's probably five years ago now. Nah, it's probably six or seven now. Um, but yeah, I consider this is is like vital signs too, for all intents and purposes. Crossroads moment. I encourage folks to check that out. And you, I'm definitely going to have to. That sounds like a great record. Uh, it's cool that he went back and worked with Jim again because that probably, like like you said, yielded a very Classic sound. Uh, Jimmy Jameson passed September 1st, 2014 um, from mm-hmm. what I believe was a stroke brought on by drug use, uh, uh, which, which is really sad. Um, but well, I'll just go with the stroke part. I don't uh, need to know about the second part. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not true. Yeah, right? that, that's, yeah. What, that's what I heard. But uh, yeah, it, it is quite sad, but um, uh, there's a song that I know from your, uh, uh, your Jim Peterick episode that I think is a kind of a fitting epilogue as well. I don't know if it's on that album you talked about, um, off the top of my head, but there's, it's called Streets of Heaven. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a really like beautiful kind of epilogue for him as well too. So just wanted to shout that out for a second. Uh, it's sad that we lost him, you know, when we did, but he left, he leaves behind a great body of work also like there's two bands target and cobra as well that i'm kind of curious about that uh were kind of predating survivor that i'd love to hear more because he just has such a good voice 
So yeah, and there's there's some great like he would tour as a solo artist uh, more in recent years. Like he never stopped working, right? Yeah. Um, and I think for a few, you know, going back to when they were fighting. I think for a while he even called himself Jimmy Jameson Survivor, right? I, I think that was one of the conventions, right? Um, yeah, they, they, there was a lot of litigious years there, but um, there's some great, he would, uh, not in the States as much, but like in Europe, a lot of these, you know, kind of legacy artists get better bookings, right? Yep. There's more of a draw there, right? So uh, I know there's a, a, an annual festival in Sweden, called Firefest. I think it's in Sweden, maybe in Germany. Um, and he's, he headlined that maybe once or twice, right? And it's kind of all, all AOR style artists. And there's um, the full performance of him at, at Firefest. I think it's on YouTube. It's like an hour, right? And it's just him on stage just singing. And, you know, um, he's wearing sunglasses, so read into that, which you will. But, uh, you know, he's he still sounds great. And it's probably, you know, in the last, it's probably within three or four years of him passing, right? So it's a pretty good representation of where he still was. You know what I mean? I think he could still deliver, but hmm. yeah, you're right. It's it's sad. Um, yeah, I didn't know that was up there. I'm gonna have to hunt that down. That yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, and then uh, the like we said, the uh, band still continues today. Dave does some solo dates from what I've seen. Like I can't find a whole. A lot about like you know his touring these days, but like you said, he put that record out last year, which I have. I just need to listen to. But yeah, he's still out there making music. Um, I think Frankie, just to me, what it seems like he's happy just going out and kind of being a weekend warrior, playing the shows when he can, and that's it. And you know what? That's fine. Like he's got this great body of work behind him. He's got like a younger guy in the band now, and uh, the videos I've seen that sounds pretty good, and he can still play his ass off. So. More power to him. Uh, the only, like, the one last thing I'll say about, I forgot, there's one thing I want to say about Reach. Uh, it's kind of derided now, actually, by Frankie himself. I read an interview uh, online recently where he kind of derided that album. He goes, yeah, we were kind of forced into making that. Uh, not too mm -hmm. proud of that one, which is kind of sad because that I feel like that's, uh, there's some good stuff on there. But, yeah. Interesting. But that's kind of the history of Survivor, if if you will, uh, Dave's still out there doing shows. Go see him if you can. And same goes for Frankie and the, his lineup. Yeah, go see him if you can. But uh, there's this great body of music that deserves to be heard. It deserves to kind of be up there in my mind with the other great melodic rock acts of the day, the Journeys, the Stixes, the REOs. Like, so that's why I wanted to do this episode. I'm, if, you, if you're listening and you've never really dived in past Eye of the Tiger, go check out some of these other records. Go check out Caught in the Game. Go check out like the other part of the Isle of the Tiger record feels like love. Go check out when seconds count, you know, find something new, find your new favorite song. <laughs> right on. Yeah, and if you, if you are a survivor fan and you want to go deeper, right. Um, get Jim, get Jimmy's solo album, get that crossroads moment. Go get Dave's new record, right. Dude's making a living out there. Go buy his record, throw him a couple of jackpots. Um, I always like supporting these guys. You know, the, you know, I mean, you're feeling it, right? The, the amount of joy that this work gives us, right? And, and yep. you know, I get to meet fine folks like you from the other side of the country, and you know, now I can call you my dear friend. And it's because yep. of music like this, so it you know it continues to give, and you know, we should give back to these guys and keep supporting them, right? Just because they're not in the charts, right? Doesn't matter, absolutely. You know? so. 
absolutely. It, bring, it brings us together and we should, you know, keep supporting the work we love. So, yeah, I agree. Eric, thanks again for doing this. And like you mentioned, um, I'm diving deep into the Kansas catalog right now. So who knows? There could be an episode on that in the fu- future. I just heard, uh, I'm, kind, I'm not going quite in order. I'm jumping around a bit. I listened to Mask for the first time today and I really enjoyed that. I heard Audio Visions the day before. So, yeah, it's it's fun digging into some of this older music I haven't heard yet. But uh, Cool. Yeah. Can't wait to talk to you, my brother. I appreciate you. Awesome. Uh, check out Pods and Sods if you haven't, people. Uh, it's a great, there's a litany of shows on the Pods and Sods network for your listening pleasure. Eric does interviews and six packs and, you know, an artist picks like the 10 best of whoever. Uh, like one, one of my favorites was a, uh, when you did the week of Prince episodes with the members of the revolution, picking their favorite Prince songs. Like I thought that was really awesome. So yeah, thank you. go check it out. Um, but till next time, uh, I'm the sly dog, peace, love, and music.
Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.